Hello, and welcome back into Dodging Through the Ravine. It is your host, Young Stud, accompanied today, and my co-host, and Jacob. Welcome all in to the new viewers and the loyal listeners, Dodging Through the Ravine. Today is November the 16th, 2023. One week away from Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays of the year. Thanksgiving is definitely a feast to come. I wouldn't say it's one of our top holidays, but I do enjoy having all the family around. It is 100% like top three for me easily. I mean, I love Thanksgiving food. Love it. Interesting. And, you know, thinking about it, no, there really aren't too many holidays. So, yeah, I think Thanksgiving is in my top three. It's probably like number three. Yeah, I really enjoyed Thanksgiving. Uh, one week away from that. So our podcast next week will be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. So look, be on the lookout for that. See what news happens between now and then. For the Dodgers, you know, not really much here. Nothing really has happened over the last nine days. There's stuff here and there, but nothing too crazy, you know, taking place. Um, we'll hit a number of topics. Really focus on baseball here because there's not much going on with the Dodgers. We'll talk about the Dodgers a little bit, but um, it's kind of a freestyle off-season podcast, right? This is this is what's going on. So, uh, we will start with the Dodgers news that has come out. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman were in the MVP top three finalists. And to no surprise, they did not win the MVP. They both lost to Ronald Acuna Jr. unanimously. Shohei Otani also won the American League MVP. Was there ever a doubt? No. I don't think there was any doubt at all when it came to this MVP race. I mean, National League-wise, there's definitely no doubt. I feel like American League, it, it could have been Corey Seager. Otani just had an explosive year, even being injured for a little bit of it. Yeah, I heard some – I didn't watch the American League portion, but they said Corey Seager didn't even show up to the presentation. So Really? <laughs> I don't know if that's confirmed true or not, but that's what they said. He wasn't even there. So, I mean, I don't blame him. He probably got word. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I do wonder if these guys know beforehand. If the family knows beforehand. I don't know. I think they definitely get like a – a call from their agent beforehand. Blake Snell didn't really look too ecstatic when he won the Cy Young. Uh, who knows? Who really actually knows? Maybe one day we'll find out. But, um, yep, Freddie Freeman, uh, Mookie Betts, both had phenomenal seasons. We're not going to talk about the postseason. Phenomenal regular seasons. Mookie Betts had a chance to win the MVP. Freddie Freeman was pretty consistent all year. Mookie Betts had a chance to win the MVP Monster August, and then he just went shell-shocked cold in the month of September, and Acuna just ran away with it. Yeah, it was really that last month where Acuna just kind of sealed it, getting the 70th 70th and the 40th stolen base home run. It just really sealed it right there. And he also played better when the Braves came to Dodger Stadium at the uh, beginning of September. That's theirs. Yeah, I was at one of those games, and yeah, Acuna, I believe he hit a grand slam or like a three-run home run. 
and it kind of just devastated everyone. <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to Ronald. Hell of a player there, but great seasons from Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. We shall see if these guys ever come close to the MVP conversation again in their Dodger careers. James Altman also was a finalist this week for Rookie of the Year. He finished third place in the voting. Corbin Carroll won that. That was the most obvious winner ever. So uh, James Altman looks still a good season, and um, we're going to see him next year. Yeah, we will be seeing him next year. Quite a lot of talent to showcase next season. Yeah, James Altman's one of those guys that just – like I don't, I don't show up to the ballpark saying, "Oh, I can't wait to watch James Altman play," right? But he's just, he's just a guy. He he just plays baseball. He does it at a average level, right? So um, he does it. I would an, say he does. Just I would enough. say a little better than average. Little better than average. He almost hit thirty home runs. Did he really? I believe he was at like. 27, maybe? <laughs> he was definitely not a 27. There's no way. Um, I, I, I want to say he is. Double check that. You, you got to check that one. Um, I don't believe he was at 20. Uh, he was at, like, maybe he got to 20. Maybe. Or maybe it was, like, 22 he got. I'm pretty, 22 or 27. It's one of those two. I'm checking that right now. I would say 20. Maybe 21 tops. He didn't 21 get anywhere, tops. Get anywhere near 27 home runs or whatever. Let's see. 2023 Outman stats. Still looking it up. Got to remember, he went hot and cold oh, there for okay. a while. Yeah, he did go hot and cold. Um, that stat is between double A AA and triple A. Twenty three home runs. Okay, so my my twenty two was closer. He had twenty three this year. Yeah, he had twenty three home runs, seventy RBIs. Not bad. He just he really struck out a lot. <laughs> yeah, hearing those numbers, they're not terrible, but those strikeouts were were pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, so. two forty eight average. Yeah, one hundred and eighty one strikeouts. Yeah, that's that is not going to cut it. That is, I wasn't expecting one hundred and eighty one. I was thinking maybe like one. That's over a strikeout per game. Yeah, that's that's almost two hundred strikeouts in a season. That's like, I don't even know. That's Max Muncy strikeout numbers. <laughs> yeah, so James Jobman, you know the two fifty average. That's why I say he's like an average player, right? Right around the average. Yeah. So, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe it gets better next year. We'll see what happens. But uh, Altman, third in the Rookie of the Year voting. No Dodger came away with any hardware this November. Uh, Nothing at all. Yeah, nothing at all. We'll see. Better look next year. The Dodgers did sign a player. I'm not sure if you saw this. Blockbuster move in signing uh, Ricky Venasco. Ricky Manasco? Fanasco. For a coaching position? Player, pitcher. No, that name does not strike any bells at all. 
yeah, Ricky Venasco was signed. I, I've honestly never heard of the guy either, but uh, he, he made the roster. He's on the 40-man roster, I believe. So I, I'm not sure who he is, uh, but that's where we are with the offseason. Talking about Ricky Venasco here for Dodger News. I don't know how much to chime in on that. I mean, there, there's not much there. Yeah, I I don't even know the name. I don't know the guy. I, I can't say anything about it. <laughs> Is it a bullpen pitcher, starting pitcher? Moving on. Um, <laughs> free agency news. One one little leak here of, of recent. Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto has been linked to the Dodgers camp. So Yamamoto, again, I would put him behind Blake Snell and Aranola for me as far as the starting pitcher tiers, but he probably is the third place for me. Maybe fourth if Sonny Gray is there. Sonny Gray could be shaky, but Yamamoto upside. So I've heard comps that Yamamoto was like the Kentamaeda, and that just – it doesn't really, you know – Really, just give me any like hype, right? That like Kenta Maeda was was good, but he was just uh, you know a run of the mill starter. Like I said, he's not nothing special. He was a three four starter, maybe five. Yeah. So Yamamoto, I would say more like a fourth fifth starter. You know? Yamamoto coming out as Kenta Maeda comps does that scare you a little bit? You know, I I wouldn't feel comfortable getting Yamamoto over Snell and Nola. You know, just those two guys have already proved themselves to be good in the MLB. You know, this guy is supposedly getting over a two hundred million dollar contract. And, you know, just if if all fails with it, that's it's too much money to just not have anything come out of it. Yeah, so that's why I'm a little wary of Yamamoto because we don't know what he is, what it's gonna be, but I don't know if that was a rumor, a, a false flag by the Cantamaita comps, but if we're going to get Yamamoto, I'm not, you know, thrilled about getting Cantamaita. In the end of the words, he was good. Cantamaita had his run here, did his thing with the Dodgers, but he's nothing special as the media is hopping him up to be right coming over. So I, I think he's a little better than Cantamaita. If we're going to be completely honest here, I, I think he will be better than Cantamaita when it's all said and done, but. We don't know, right? So uh, the Dodgers being linked to Yamamoto, fine by me. Um, but that cannot be their only move of the offseason. If it's the only move, then, you know, everything Friedman was talking about recently, down the drain. You know, I don't want to – It's we need more than one move, and it can't just be one big splash. It has to be multiple moves on multiple components of the field. Pitching and batting. Yeah, multiple components. And as you mentioned, it can't be the only move because uh, Andrew Friedman did go on podcast with the uh, Dodgers Nation and uh, talked about a number of things. Really, really hit the fact that they were in a good position to continue winning. That's really what I took away from that. A lot of it was like we put ourselves in good position. We're going to be in good position. We've been in good position. We're, we're still in good position. A lot of good positions, right? That's, that's what I really took away from it. And listen, getting in a good position is, is great. 
you always want to be in a good position. But uh, at some point, you have to start seeking results and making the move, right? And um, being in a good position doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win every single time. So you really got to push yourself to make that move. And, um, you know, Corey Seager walked away. He talked about Corey Seager and how really he didn't really negotiate Seager that is with the Dodgers that well. Um, and then he ended up with Aunt, uh, Freddie Freeman. From that interview that you took away, the, the sound bites from Andrew Freeman, do you still trust in Andrew Freeman as the, the saying goes by some fans, trust in Andrew Freeman? Do you still trust in Freeman? I still do, yeah. You know, what he said about Corey Seager, it, it does sound pretty believable, especially from a Boris client. You know, if the Dodgers offered him, you know, 40 to $50 million less and there was no, you know, contact back trying to renegotiate something else, you know, I, I believe that, you know. I believe the original offer was like 280, 285. You know, Rangers exceeded that. So that sounds pretty believable. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm I am still gonna trust in Friedman. You know, he's he hasn't he hasn't done much in the big sakes of yeah, we've won multiple World Series, but when it's come to free agency, you know, he picked up um, JD Martinez, Hayward, Peralta. These guys didn't have outstanding, you know, seasons with us, but they did have, you know, contributing seasons, which were, you know, we did need. Okay, so you're still believing in Friedman. So, yes. What would he have to do this offseason to make you not believe in Friedman this this winter? What would he have to not do? So, there's a lot of good hitters out there. You know, Jorge Soler, Ballinger, Condolero, JT. If he doesn't get Snell or Aranola, or, you know, even Sony Gray, Jordan Montgomery, I, I need to see at least two pitchers. And I need to see at least two bats. And if he and if he doesn't do that, then, uh, you know, no more trusting in Friedman. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of already at the I don't believe in Friedman campaign, and um, and it just goes to show you like these people in in the front office, the players, whoever the case is, they do listen. They do listen. I'm not saying he's listening to this podcast right now, Andrew Freeman, that is. But they do listen. And uh, word does get around. So um, keep pushing the content out there. And maybe one day they will get the memo. But, uh, yeah, Andrew Freeman has to uh, have a really big winter here. Getting J.D. Martinez will not <laughs> cut it. Hayward will not cut it. Um Peralta's not going to plethora of names out there. Like if they just go uh, minimal here this winter because they struck out, I'm not going to be very happy at all. So there has to be some sort of you know wave changing move here um, for the Dodgers. What would it be in your in your eyes? What would it be for you? Well, um. You know, uh, I I, st- I still think, and it's unfortunate to say this, the problem really does lie in the fact that they run their baseball team by not a great model. They run it by analytics and analytics only. Analytics are supposed to be a tool to help you win, not a tool 
to uh, manage the game on. So until they change that, they're not winning Jack. But with that being said, um, hopefully they get the memo by now. Um, they got to get one of the top 10 free agents in my book. So um, they got to get at least two of them for me. Yeah, um, two would be ideal, but at least one of them, you know, depending on, you know, who it is, is it number 10 guy, is it number one guy, depending on who it is, we go from there, but um, he really has to do some some things or else we're going to have a, a real conversation of, is he on the hot seat? Or at least should he be on the hot seat? Hot seat with Friedman, interesting. Yeah, don't forget uh, Walker Buehler is a pending free agent this offseason, next offseason. So um, that's why it is important to get a, a guy, right, a pitcher this offseason. Because Buehler, if we're going to be honest, depending on what he does this season, he may be gone. Jeez, Buehler gone? Man, I can't even imagine that. But, yeah, thinking about it, you know, how much he's been injured, you know, just how much, how much limit, limit, uh, you know, how limits he, what am I trying to say here? How many limits he has on himself just due to the surgeries he has. You know, he definitely could be gone. And then even the year after that, Will Smith is a free agent as well. So a couple of uh, homegrown guys going into the market pretty soon. Yeah, so it is important for the Dodgers to get at least one premier pitcher. Because if I had to make a bet, I'm guessing Bueller does walk. I hope he doesn't. I hope he's a lifelong Dodger. I, I love me some Walker Bueller, but I just don't see the Dodgers. They they don't usually resign their players, which is really strange, but it just is the case. So that is um where we are in the Dodgers news. Anything else you want to talk about with the Dodgers before we kind of go around MLB? Oh, just uh, still a lot of free agents out there. No, still a lot of Dodger free agents out there. There's going to be some news pretty soon, I hope. You know, free agency, it, it does last a good two to three months, and it does get pretty enticing when it's down to, like, the last month. But I, I am hoping for some news in these next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, there was a trade that just broke out. Usually there's some news that breaks out before we got on pause, so that's kind of nice. Um so we're going to start seeing some trade news, signings. I'm not sure. Maybe after Thanksgiving, it might start ramping up here, right? But um, we should definitely start seeing more news. It's been pretty dry. So um, trade that just took place here uh, between the Chicago White Sox and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves acquired lefty pitcher Aaron Bummer. So – um. Aaron Bummer, a guy that, that really is a predominant uh, bullpen guy. Maybe he could spot start, but definitely predominantly bullpen guy. The Braves should have uh, quite the haul. I mean, you would have thought this guy was like Luis Robert or something they were getting, but uh, they only got, they only traded, or they only received Aaron Bummer. The Braves traded pitcher Mike Soroka, infielder Nicky Lopez, and three others for Aaron Bummer. Wow, Mike Soroka and Nicky Lopez. So Those uh, are some a five for one trade. 
Braves are probably just trying to make space, <laughs> some roster space. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a few minor leaguers in there. Uh, I'm not sure if they're on their 40-man or not, but for Aaron Bummer, it just seems really odd that they gave all that for Aaron Bummer. I, I'm not sure what went down there. Yeah, that is that is pretty odd right there. Of course, Mike Soroka was pretty highly touted a few years ago. He was like a sensation for Atlanta back in like 2018. And then he just got really hurt and kept getting hurt. And he really couldn't stay, stay consistent. So maybe Chicago seems like a good fit for him. Maybe he uh, you know, turns it around there with the White Sox. Nicky Lopez, a pretty good ball player there. Nicky Lopez is former Casey Royal. Got traded at the deadline with Atlanta. Um, Nicky Lopez, fun story, little fun little story here. Um, back during the lockout days, remember those days? Yeah. Um, Nicky, so I was on a on a Twitter space with a draft Nick Mark. Do you you would draft to- Nick Mark? Draft Nick Mark. No, I'm not familiar with that. You know who that is? No. YouTuber. Oh, Nick Merckx? Giraffe Nick Mark. No, no, I don't know that YouTuber. Okay. Uh, well, he's like has like 200,000 subs. I was on a Twitter space. There was like a lot of people there. And Nicky Lopez was actually one of the people in there. It was just like a bunch of fans talking. He was listening in. And then I actually got the chance to speak with draft Nick Mark, and I remember that uh, Nicky Lopez was was listening to me there. So, oh, that's pretty cool, right there. I had a pro listening to you. Yeah, he was just in there. So, um, kind of cool, kind of cool stuff. So, for that, I always remember Nicky Lopez now. So, Nicky Lopez on his way to the White Sox. Uh, but there's a the first trade really of the offseason. Well, that kind of the second trade. I, think, I believe Mark Hanna got traded. Where do you trade yeah. to? The Tigers. Detroit, yep. Yeah. Canada got traded this past week to Detroit. So there you go. Um, also another little trade that happened. So just kind of some baseball trades there, you know, some minor trades. Nothing earth-shattering, kind of like a 2.0 earthquake or something, right? Nothing too crazy. Pretty um, light trades. For definitely something uh, going on. Finally here. Uh, a couple of topics we're going to smash on to close out the pod. We're going to start with uh, Padres owner, Peter Seidler, who uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, when I saw the news, I was pretty shocked. Did not expect to see that uh, come out. And uh, because, of course, we saw him uh, quite often. Like He was always... Amongst the fans, we kind of talked about that, right? A couple of weeks ago, like, do we like owners that are with the fans or just kind of in the dark? And he was always amongst the fans and was uh, very proudly always up in the Padres in San Diego. And uh, unfortunately, he did pass away. Um, yes. Just your thoughts on Siler. As a baseball fan, you you want an owner, you want an owner exactly like Peter Seidler. Very interactive with his community, very active at the stadium. You know, is uh, he was he was loved all around, even as a Dodgers fan. You know, you could see how much 
a baseball fan enjoyed him and how he represented his team. And, you know, when I saw that he passed, I was really taken back as well. And I, I had known that he'd, uh, he was a cancer survivor as well. So his health wasn't the best. And, you know, he just – he really did go all out. He wanted the Padres to win a World Series with him still, you know, kicking it. And, you know, sadly they didn't. But I think this will, uh, this will change the whole clubhouse demeanor next season for them. Yeah, as you mentioned, two time cancer survivors. So uh, the Padres actually did release a statement like a month ago that he went through a procedure and unfortunately uh, passed away a couple of days ago. But yeah, Peter Seidler will uh, forever be a San Diego legend. And um, yeah, we kind of talked about it. it. Kind of makes sense as to why the Padres just kind of revamped their team. They just went all in, they just really did not care despite losing money and, and having to take out a loan, they wanted to give him a World Series. At least he tried to see a World Series win and, um, you know, came up short. But um, Siler definitely will always be a part of the Padres moving forward. Yeah, I think they'll maybe get a, you know, maybe a memorative number on their jerseys for him, you know, something like that. Yeah, we should expect to see some tributes this upcoming season for the Padres in remembrance of Peter Seidler. So uh, condolences to San Diego and the Padres. Um, Finally, breaking news that came out today. In case you missed it, the Oakland Athletics are moving to Las Vegas uh, this was the worst-kept secret in all the sports. The A's going to Vegas. Uh, it, it was finally approved today. Officially, all the owners got together, and they approved the relocation of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas. Listen, I, I see a lot of comments all over the place, right? And I get it. I'm not saying, like, okay, whatever. it. But you got to be realistic here. How is can you explain to me how this is bad for baseball? I see a lot of this is bad for baseball. Can you explain how this is bad? You know those arguments where the people say it's bad for baseball. I really just think they're they're choosing to look at the negative side of it. I it, it's not negative, you know, for for all Oakland A's fans, for everybody local to the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, it's a negative experience. Their hometown team is leaving because ownership doesn't give a damn about them. You know, as a baseball fan, you know, I've been to Vegas a couple of times and, you know, football season wasn't active. Uh, You know, I believe hockey season was active, but, you know, I just the Kings weren't playing. But, you know, I shoot every time I go to Vegas now, I'm going to be looking forward to an Oakland A game or at least by the time they build the stadium, which is going to be in 2026, 2027. So, you know, by then, you know, it's things are going to be a lot better for baseball. And, you know, throughout all of this moving, I, I still think the A's could have kept some of their star players, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, Marcus Semyon. Like some of these guys, you know, they've, they have seven, eight-year contracts. Like they would have been part of the move. But I just, you know, long-term, by 2026, 2027, those guys are going to you know, be in their mid-30s. So it does make sense and it doesn't. Um. 
It's actually set to open in 2028. Oh, so even later than, than I thought. All right, then. Right, and there's still a lot of stuff that needs to take place. Like, they don't even have a stadium plan. Like, there's not, like, a groundbreaking anytime soon. There's really nothing set in stone. So, um, there's still a lot of paperwork that needs to be kind of filled out here. But the plan is the A's are going to Vegas, and they will open the new ballpark in 2028. That's all we kind of know. We know that they are supposed to build at the Tropicana site. Um, that That's kind of all we know right now. Nothing much else. Um, for me, though, like, again, I'm not on the side of, oh, this is so sad for baseball. Like, no, I think this is great for baseball. I think this is fantastic for baseball. Oakland as a city – we we gotta be honest here. It's a it's a third world country, right? And um, a lot of downtowns can be third world countries, but so Oakland especially, it, it really is just a dead city. Um, it, it's not getting any better. There, there's no economic flow in that city. And uh, Las Vegas, you can say what you want about Vegas, but at the end of the day, um, people plan trips to Vegas all the time. So, uh, I see no reason why the A's will have no problem to fill that stadium, you know, 81 times a year. And I say, oh, how, good luck filling it 81 times a year. They're going to have no problem filling that stadium 81 times a year. I promise you they will get great attendance. And I think overall for the game of baseball, it's just going to propel it, in my opinion. Definitely. It's, you know, not only is the – not only are the A's going to get bigger, you know, that entire desert's going to have a baseball team to cheer for. It's going to be good out there. It's definitely going to be good out there. Baseball in Vegas is, by all means, a great idea. Yeah, so um, for all of people that are taking the high road here and saying, oh, this is so bad, I feel sorry for the A's fans. Listen, they only finished top 20 three times in the last 25 years in attendance, even when they were good. And they have been good. Believe it or not, they've been good. The A's have had good teams. They have never been able to draw. And uh, talk about the stadium issues, all you want. But at the end of the day, the city and the owner never got her done in, in uh, Oakland. And they want to get her done in Vegas. And uh, I think Las Vegas is going to thrive with the athletics. I- I've been to the Vegas ballpark, the minor league home of the athletics, the aviators out in Summerlin, not actually in Vegas, it's in Summerlin on the uh, west side. Um, great ballpark, just uh, just overall, you get away from the strip, great community there. Um, yeah, I-, I think the players are going to love it. It's going to make players want to sign with the A's. So, again, there, there really is no con to this besides the fact that, yeah, fans in Oakland are losing their team. Right. Yeah, um, that's, the only, that's the only downside, really. And uh, hopefully we never have to lose a team. Uh, that would not be cool. So I, I don't want to imagine what they're going through. But, you know, even then, like, I'm so – I would still be a fan of my teams. I mean, I'm a Raider fan, right? They were – in LA, they never were Oakland. They never were in Vegas, right? I'm, I still followed them. I didn't stop being a fan because they left California, right? So, um, 
Are, are you on that sure. same boat? If the Dodgers leave to Brooklyn, are you, are you becoming an Angels fan or something? No, but by all means, I'm not becoming an Angel fan. But that's, you know, most local stadium. I'll probably be down there a lot. But you would still be a fan of the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. I'd still be wearing blue all the time. I would still 100% be a Dodgers fan. Montreal Dodgers, Toronto Dodgers, Boston Dodgers, wherever they move to, I'm a Dodger fan. And that's the argument where, okay, are you a city fan or are you a team fan? Right? Mm, city and team, yeah. Two very different things. You know, oh, I got to say I'm a fan of the, the city, really. You know, LA is my home. You know, born and raised right outside of Los Angeles. And, you know, just the the Los Angeles culture, you know, it's embedded in me. So I got to say the city. Okay. So, so, but you would still be a Dodger fan. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Still, still love the city. Still being a Dodger fan, you know, regardless of the city move. You know, if I were, uh, if I were to travel to whatever city they moved to, you know, I'm still wearing my Los Angeles Dodger jersey, my LA Dodger hat. Okay, yeah, and uh, to each their own. But I'm a team fan first. Um, obviously, we love LA, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm a team fan. No matter where they go on Mars, I'm a team fan. So, um, sucks for the people of Oakland losing their third franchise. In the last three years, they have lost all four franchises, believe it or not, at one point. They lost the California Golden Seals of the NHL back in the 70s. Golden State Warriors left to San Francisco. The Raiders went to Las Vegas, and now the A's are headed to Vegas. So, um, you know, I've taken the stance that I think it's a great move all along, and I'm going to stick by that stance. And I'm looking forward to baseball in the Vegas desert. Hopefully it's a dome, you know. You definitely want a dome for a, a desert city, just like Arizona is. Yeah, it, it'll be a, a, a dome, retractable roof, whatever. It'll 100% be that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, also, since you mentioned the Arizona um did you see the rumor that they're getting new jerseys? I did not know. New jerseys? They're actually taking a whole rebrand. Oh, wow. So are they still the Diamondbacks? or They'll still be the Diamondbacks. In fact, they're just not going to say D-backs anymore. It's going to say Diamondbacks on the jerseys. So they're going to have to do a smaller lettering then. Right. So Yeah, I, I did not hear about that. That should be, uh, no, they're going to have to get a whole bunch of new jerseys then. City Connect, Away, Alternates. Those should be fun. Those should be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The Diamondbacks always got some fun stuff up their sleeves. So we'll see what the D-backs draw up. Or, excuse me, the Diamondbacks draw up. Since they don't want to call the D-backs anymore, the Diamondbacks. Um, any final thoughts on the podcast? Yeah, just one final thought. Did you see the rule that the commissioner put out about, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like from the pitch clock was going from 20 seconds to 18 seconds if there's a runner on second base. Did you see anything about that? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, like that's like what's the what? Why is there a two second difference? Like, how does that? How big does that affect the game? Like, those two seconds, you know, is it is it really going to take off like twenty minutes of the game? Like, are they really just trying to make it quicker? Like, I don't understand that one. And again, I'm gonna take the high road here as well. I know people are like, stop changing the game, yada yada yada. Listen, I'll. When that's the case, if it's a bad change, I'll be there and say, like, yeah, this is bad. I will 100% say it. But moving the pitch clock from 20 seconds on base to 18 seconds on base, I don't see how that really is a bad thing. I mean, it just – we saw the pitch clock this year. It just speeds up the game. We're not trying to, like, get out of there, you know, super quick, but we want to see action, right? So – I mean, I don't see it's a bad thing. It's just like, you know, um, in the NBA, you, in basketball, you have free throws. Like, who wants to watch a free throw? You know what I'm saying? Like, free throws are super boring. Slows down yeah. the game, right? Slows down the action. So the more we can just pitch the ball, the better. Okay. Yeah, I don't – I mean, it kind of just confused me more so than why is it there. But yeah, those two seconds, you know, it, if it does make the game go by quicker, then, you know, hey, keeps the fans more in tune and, you know, just constant activity. So that should be a pretty, I want to say exciting to see, but, you know, once they start implementing it next season, you know, it's going to, the difference, you know, it's going to be cool to look at the differences in it. Yeah, so if that does pass, uh, I look forward to it. I think it'll make it even better, so. Um, I will say that. And also, they uh, don't know if you saw this. I have to see more into it. I don't know if it's just a, a fake rumor or not, but they said that they're experimenting or thinking about considering in the NLDS having the division winners oh. start up one game. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That is, <laughs> you know, I had seen Moneyball Steve post about that. For all you Dodgers yeah. fans, you know, Moneyball Steve out there, you know, I, I really respect that guy's opinion about the team, what he says about our ownership. Like, that's – I like that guy. And, like, like what is – like, why are you – like, you're going to start them off 1-0. and oh, Like, what is this quick play? Like, the next thing we know is the the second batter of every game going to come up to an 0-2 count. Like, like, why is that, like, even talk for yeah, you hit it right on the head. And I mean, see, that is that is ridiculous. That is just um, we're gonna have to have a serious talk if that is even considered. That is just bush league. So if that if that is implemented, and so you know, division series starts. You know, AL NL, both teams are up one zero. That means that team only has to win two games because it'd be a best out of five, right? They'd be automatically three zero. So like. You're really like, like, why is there a disadvantage and an advantage for one team? Like, you may as well just make it a a three game series at that. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, it's part of the whole thing when people were crying out that like the Dodgers and the Braves and the Orioles got eliminated first, and they were the top seed, and you know it gives the wild card teams the advantage. Oh, it's trying to give. It, it can't be because of that. It that is, cannot that is, be. That is why. Because the top teams couldn't make it past the underdogs. Like, isn't that what you want to see? 
Well, that, that's literally why they are talking about that to give the higher is, seeds advantage. That is crazy. I think home field advantage is good enough. <laughs> if you like that, like, even if you think that's good, like I think, hey, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's hope that we never go there. Uh, I don't, I don't know about. I, let's not go there. So, uh, yeah. Anything Got else <laughs> you want to chime in? No, just uh, glad you mentioned that because I had forgotten about that until you had said it. So glad you mentioned that. Yep, absolutely. So we appreciate y'all for tuning in and sticking around on this episode of Dodge and Intervene. Like we said, next week is Thanksgiving. Black Friday holiday season is upon us. So happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, we have a Thanksgiving special pod. Uh, pre-pod or pre-Thanksgiving pod Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week. With that being said, we will talk to you guys again next time. Go Dodgers. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Happy holidays. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Make sure you guys have a safe Black Friday. It can get very crazy. can get very hectic on that night. And lastly, like we always do it, have a safe one, have a happy one, and go Dodgers.